guy from New York. It's Ask an Engineer, Zack Snyder cut. No. <laughs> I'll get you, Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada. With me, Mr. Lady Ada, we're broadcasting live from downtown Manhattan, and we're ready to kick off another Ask Engineer. Right. Um, well, I wanted to start off the show before we get into all the electronics and everything. Um, you know, we do a live show every Wednesday, and unfortunately, there's tragedies that are happening all the time, and um, we always have to process these real time as it happens. So um, we're terrified, horrified of what's happened in Atlanta. Um, obviously, um, our Asian American Pacific Islander community, um, our thoughts are with you because this is scary. There's been more um, hate-fueled uh, violence and more directed towards Asian Americans in New York. It's happened recently, mm -hmm. and now it's in the rest of the country. And uh, we just want to let you know, like, this is our platform. This is uh, our voice that we're saying is, like, we all have um, opportunities to make things better. Um, even in the electronics community, there's a reason I want to thank our community moderators and our team because there's uh, times where people say and do things where you can stand up and say that's not okay. And that's one of the things that we try to do with our community is have an inclusive place where there isn't bigotry or racism or xenophobia. Um, that's that's our part. Be excellent to one another. Yeah, and like, you know, um, just straight up in the electronics world, there is a little bit of a vibe of like, oh, in, in certain areas of the world, that's cheap, it's not as good. You know, you have to like, we have to actually start thinking about the things that we say and definitely over the last year with people calling covid locations it's from that's yeah. that's also that's that's dangerous eventually something happens so anyways um you know we as always we don't want to just be a hashtag um and say like you know we're in it together but we, we think the best thing is to just look around in your own life think about the ways that you can help there's a website by the way um, especially in communities where they're trying to get an idea of what's happening. It's uh, stopaapihate.org. Um, you can check that out. Someone can post it up uh, in the chats. And uh, this is one place where people can have their voice heard and also report a hate incident. And hopefully uh, we can continue to uh, maybe work better together, live together better, because this is all we got. All right. This is our planet. So that is... It. Okay. Let's do Ask an Engineer. All right. Still. On tonight's show, um, speaking of things that we're going to have to deal with, uh, we're still masking up, staying safe. Our team thanks you. By the way, we've been um, able to ship your orders. Thank you for having those come in during this crisis and pandemic. We're not done with it yet. We're tossing in the mask, as you all know. Our team, pre-COVID photos, thank you so much for placing orders all this time. You've been keeping us busy, keeping us in business. We're talking about show and tell people uh, on the show and tell share their projects and more every single week. Noah and Pedro are the host. Lady Eight will talk about who's on the show and tell. Mm -hmm. We have some time travel, a bunch of videos this week from many of the folks in the Adafruit world, and a um, debut of a new series that we're doing. Got some help on it. Python Hardware News, Main York City, 3D printing. We got everyone's favorite segment. DigiKey and Adafruit present IonMPI this week, some from analog devices. We got new products, we got top secret, we're gonna answer your questions, 
And we are going to do that. On Discord. Join up. It's free. Yeah, 28,000 people are there now. New graphic. Adafruit.it slash Discord. All that and more on Ask an Engineer. That's right. Okie dokie. Uh, let's um, jump right to what's happening with freebies and more. Yep. Because we give away stuff. Uh, we're like day 60 into the 100 days of masking up. Yeah, we're going to, hopefully by the time we're done, maybe we'll, we want this is This is what really turned it. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll write about this. You know, those fruit, Adafruit. That mask and those Adafruit orders. That's well, when they, we turned the tide. Fashion, they're fashionable and goth. Yeah. Um, that's right. We're giving away a free mask if you order anything over a dollar. You know, we had to put in some number. We couldn't put in zero because of yeah. the software. Uh, so pretty much anything you order, we'll toss in a free mask. They're very goth. Uh, when you order $99 or more, you get a free Permaproto half-size breadboard. This thing on the top left. Order $149 or more, you get a free uh, Stem IQT board. We have a, a, a range of different boards. We've got a Cutie Pie. We've got the MCP221 and the uh, LIST3DH and some other sensors. And um, when you place an order, we'll give you a random one. If you have an account, we'll give you a different random one each time so you don't get the same random one, although that would be a weird coincidence. Um, for UPS ground shipping on orders two forty nine or more, uh, sorry two hundred dollars or more, and two ninety nine or more, you get a free Circuit Playground Express or all in one development board. No soldering required. People love them for learning how to code and make with all the hardware built in. Okay, and uh, we're gonna be doing that until things change. But you can always check adafruit.com slash free and see. But these are gonna be the ones. Uh, the mass another forty days probably, and then these will probably have. Uh, until further notice. Um, so go get them. All right. Show and tell. People around the world showing and sharing their projects. No and Pedro were hosting this week. Thank you, No and Pedro. Next week, Lady and I are back. More who is on the show and tell this week and what they share. Glad you asked. Um, thank you, No and Pedro, for hosting. JP hosting, I think, last week. Uh, kicked it off. Uh, we were at not an order, but uh, Kevin from DigiKey came by, showed off uh, this week's uh, new release from DigiKey. Not sneezing. Uh, that was just me. Um, <laughs> that would be cool, though. It's just like, if you get sneezes now on cut tape. Uh, no, they have cut tape components. If you get your parts on paper cut tape, you'll have a printing on the back that'll have the part number and the value and your, your PO and all that detail, like a little um, receipt. Very handy. We talked about this on... Descaladiata. Descaladiata, too. Um, check, check out the video. Also, I thought saw... Uh, Sean um, post up uh, some images. You'll see people start posting pictures, pictures of this. It's free. Uh, you just get it whenever you order something with paper-backed cut tape that's 8 millimeters wide, which is like resistors and capacitors. And this is great for 0402s and 0201s because they're so small. Um, there's no markings ever. So, like, you know, you really don't... You're like, what is this mythical tape? Like, I have tape. I'm like, I don't know what this cut tape is, but I'm scared to throw it out, right? That's, that's what happens. Um... Brent came by and did a, a live whippersnapper demo. Uh, this is our cool no-code add-on to Adafruit I.O. Uh, to let people plug and play our Wi-Fi boards and have them um, automatically controlled through the website. You can start like coding them and controlling them. Jepler wrote a guide on circuit sculpture and came by and showed off some of circuit sculpture. JP is working on a cool touch deck using the RP2040 Feather and a uh, TFT Feather Wing. Thanks to Foamy Guy for helping out. Scott went through the um, Open Hardware Summit goodie bag uh, that, you know, if you uh, were going to attend last year, uh, but you didn't, obviously, because it was canceled because there was a pandemic in New York City. Um, you got your goodie bag now, and they're going to be sending out another goodie bag soon for, you know, the, the upcoming um, 
open source hardware event. Um, the goodie bag has CircuitPython hardware in it. It's got this Osh, Osh watch, I think it's called. It's an open source hardware watch that uses the NR52840. Uh, so you can uh, run, upgrade your CircuitPython because it's like a year out of date. Um, but they can get the latest uh, Bluetooth apps and demos that we've got. It's like a little time capsule of what we were doing last year. Ding dong. And you can um, use the watch. You probably want to probably want to update it. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is the Open Hardware Summit is coming up soon, and they're doing it virtual again. And we have something in the goodie bag this year. So if you're thinking about it, that'll be in there soon. Freebies. Uh, Micah came by and worked on a birthday present for their sister. It's a constellation light. Um, it I guess uh, the sister is a Pisces, and so the lights are are like the. You know, there's 16 lights, and they show uh, the Pisces constellation, and it's done in NeoPixels. It's all hand-soldered. Um, they did a great job, and that's the best kind of present. I had lost a long time. Electronic heirlooms, as it were. Um, Mark uh, has a problem. People keep driving past his house. They don't see the house numbers. So he's going to make them out of NeoPixels and light them up so people can see them. Uh, Michael's working on an Iridium satellite messenger, like text messengers, or to shut off uh, that, um, shut off some pictures. And uh, some TFT uh, revisioning, re revisions uh, that are being worked into the next version. Uh, Mohib is working on automaton hacking. It's like this like cool slide whistle, electronic slide whistle uh, from Japan. Uh, they're super funny and they are in a lot of good memes. Um, they also be hacked and uh, connected to electronics, so this is cool. Um, there's like, apparently multiple versions. I did not know uh, the genealogy of automatons, but I will look at that. Uh, Andrew uh, made a Geiger kit from Adafruit and then used it to test stuff around the house and found out that uh, a lens first camera was like actually kind of radioactive and kind of scary. Uh, and then Liz is working on a Sailor Moon locket prop. So everyone wants to be Sailor Moon. Okay. That was show and tell. Every single week, 7.30 p.m., the longest running show and tell online. Uh, it's part of our Adafruit live series of shows. If you're watching this right now, it's Wednesday 8 p.m. Ask an engineer. Show until every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And it's part of our Wednesday shows. On Sunday, we do Desk of Lady Ada. Lady Ada, this week on the Desk of Lady Ada, you showed that uh, cut tape thing. Yes. We talked about that. That was great. You also showed this DVI Gigantic Ebonhead. Yeah. So you, it's a cool video. If uh, folks are interested, uh, check it out because it had uh, Gigantic Ebonheads. A, a preview of uh, some things that you're working on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of keycap stuff. Uh, so I showed that off. I showed off this DVI um, breakout board for the Pico. Um, and one of yeah. the demos that it runs yeah. is this gigantic bouncing ebon heads with Raspberry Pi logos. Um, this is our first feather that can uh, do stuff like that? Yeah. This is our, you know, they, this was the Pico that I had because they had a pre-compiled yeah. version. Yeah, but we have a feather. The feather will be able to do RP absolutely as well. And, yeah, you, I, I was thinking, actually, one of the things I was chatting about was maybe making an, a DVI feather wing. Yeah. It would plug in and it would give you um, DVI and I2S audio just, just for the RP2040 because, like, nothing else can yeah. do this, like, ridiculous hacking. Um, but then you could, like, play movies from your feather, like, very short movies. <laughs> well, we, so we say that now, right? That you know, very short movies, but I remember having an MP3 player and being able to play like three songs. Yeah. Like, just think, where is Circuit Python going to be ten years from now? Right now, we're joking about having video and little audio. It'll be whatever whatever version of HD there is. What was the name of those those MP3 players everybody had? It's like Nova Blues or something. There was some name of them. Yeah. 
Someone in the chat will. Somebody, it was before the iPod, and I remember that it was like, this can hold an entire album. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the name of them. Someone Nomad? Might. Nomads? Probably Nomad player. MP3 Nomads? Yeah. No. So I think those, I remember the first ones, and they were like, so cool. And we're, were we're talking about the first Feather right now. Yeah. March 17th, 2021, that can do video and audio out like that. Yeah. We'll be able to look back at the show a year from now and a year from now and a year from now. And when we be, have, like, the Pico implants and, like, the wetware, like, cyber. Well, I think, you know, the, the chips will be continued. They'll continue to be more powerful, and we'll be able to have... Um, Adafruit open source versions yeah. of a lot of things that, that are like nearly impossible to do right now. Yeah. Also, if you want to redo that, like, you know, the Pico to Zero converter that I did, remember I yeah. put that together? I kind of want to do it now, but obviously I couldn't use the Pico anymore. I'd have to use the raw chip, but it would have HDMI output because, like, it has DVI output. That would be such a fun little hack. All right. And okay. then we also... The great search with DigiKey this yes. week it was um it's a replacement for our uh favorite but now completely utterly discontinued stmpe series with just of touch control panels with list of touch panel controllers um we use them on a lot of our boards uh you know we basically bought the last reel and uh, we got enough to kind of like keep us going for a few months but you know this chip really is discontinued um so we have to find a replacement resistive touch controller for a resistive touch displays uh we wanted something that was either i squirts or spi ideally both um and one that had linux kernel drivers so uh you can take a look and see what uh, we came up with all right and uh the chat has spoken it was the creative nomad creative nomad. nobad yes yeah. yes that? i'm still i'm still traumatized by the real player buffering so like <laughs> all right yeah. uh every tuesday we have a show and this one is jp's product pick of the week where we broadcast live from the product page one day we'll be broadcasting live from the from product page Pico. and and the whatever feather circuit python iteration there is maybe you'll be able to to watch it in you know after you mine enough coin for <laughs> uh, but uh, jp's next one should be an nft for sure yeah so jp's product pick of the week uh here's a little uh the one minute overview segment see you on the other side It is the PCF8591, and it is an 8-bit ADC and 8-bit DAC on a board with Stemma QT. Got a CyberDEC plugged into the GPIO pins of this Raspberry Pi 400. This Raspberry Pi is running a little Python program that uses the CircuitPython library for this board. It reads all four of the analog inputs. What I'm doing is tracking the first knob here for the X position, the vertical line here with this uh, second knob, third one we saw, that's changing the hue, and then the last one is brightness, so you'll find I can get that pretty uh, zorching bright there, or drop it, drop it down way, way low, or all the way off. It is the PCF8591 8-bit ADC and DAC in STEMIQT format. All right, and uh, this Thursday tomorrow is JP's workshop, and I'm going to show the screen thing one more time because someone on um, Twitter was pr uh, pretty nice. They said, oh, they followed the tutorial uh, for the RGB light and the reflective thing, yeah, and it didn't work at all. 
and they were frustrated. And, uh, you know, I was reading this. I'm like, oh, no, we're going to get blamed for everything. And they said, oh, there was protective coating on it. Yeah, because it's like the microbeads yeah, are so, so delicate. Public service announcement here. Um, remove the protective there's, coating. There's, there's, sometimes there's um, protective coating on things. You have no idea and, how many people email us and they're like, my TFT screen has is damaged. And we're like, yeah. what's the damage? And they're like, there's this, like marking on it and I'm like yeah there's this protective plastic and that's the marking to let you know that there's EL panels EL panels I've probably answered a million emails about EL panels they're like this doesn't look like the picture and it's like you have to peel off the thing and I'm like sorry and sometimes it's full on anger and you know upsetness because when you're at a computer you don't think about who's on the other side and Mm -hmm. then sometimes people are just like oh like whoops sorry you know they're nice about it and everything Mm -hmm. anyways so I wanted to show the video of this because I think this is going to continue to be a project that people make because a lot of people are streaming and doing stuff from home. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to do a preview of something JP is going to show this week. So I'm going to play this back to back. Okay, time travel, looking around the world of makers, hackers, arts, engineers, which stuff is going on, reminders, and more. So um, we just updated more of our gift guides. So gift guides became so popular um, during certain times of the year where people give presents and stuff. They're like, well, can you just do gift guides all the time? Yeah, Yeah. so so check out the gift guides that we're doing. We're publishing new ones all the time. Go to adafruit.com, yeah. And we have Raspberry Pi gift guide that we're going to either publish or publishing shortly. Um, Adabox, adabox.com. You can sign up to be notified. We um, do a subscription service every three months or so. You get one of these boxes. Um, we'll probably be shipping out April, May. Um, there's uh, openings probably after we charge credit cards, and then there, sometimes there is. You will get notified. Chances yeah. are, if you sign up now, you will get a chance to, to subscribe right as we're shipping because there are openings that people can't, you know, they cancel right after we are charged the card or they, their yeah. credit card doesn't activate or whatever. And so we have like, you know, 50 openings and then we notify everybody. So uh, do sign up. Um, we absolutely do notify people when we have slots available for them. And the plan after, and I hope we continue to see signs of recovery, is maybe add more uh, in 2022. Yeah, we couldn't add more subscribers. We, it's, it was We're, it was too much. Yeah, and still right now there's logistical challenges from shipping to chips. Uh, the world has not restarted yet. You can't yet. get displays, but yeah. you know we're we're moving around our Ada boxes to make sure that we can um, we can fulfill them. It's just 
it, it's it's a fun challenge, um, especially right now. Um, there's a lot of things that are, are unavailable. Um, you know, anybody who's doing electronics or, or purchasing for engineering knows, like, you just can't get chips anymore sometimes. Or you can't get displays or you can't get some sensors. So um, don't worry, things are things are yeah. happening. Um, we're just we're just surfing this wave of globalization, shipping yeah. stuff. All right, other bits of time travel. Um, got a video from uh, Paint Your Dragon about the feather silk. And then um, I have a video from our um, air quality yeah. monitor that we had a guide, and I finally got that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're okay. going to play those two, and then we have a debut of some videos from Colin. I'll talk about that Ooh. right after the break. So here's this board we brought from Eagle to Illustrator. Got some notes on the right. Hey, it's the hot new chip, RP2040. I've isolated certain silk from the Eagle file, and then I've brought in an earlier design from the Feather M4 as a starting point. Text baselines and sizes are reset, and then pin numbers are updated for the new chip. And then lots and lots of shuffling and nudging and resizing. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Nudge, nudge, nudge. This is about an hour's work here. And then I remember, oh yeah, we get to use that official new logo. More shuffling, more nudging. Shuffle, shuffle, nudge, nudge. And here's what the final board will look like. Early data was this. Hey, I'm testing out some code from Carter. He made a CO2 sensor. This is a uh, IR CO2 sensor, so it's a true CO2 detector that detects parts per million. And this is a matrix portal, which is from our old Ada box a couple months ago, and an RGB matrix, and it's showing off the PPM and telling you if there's enough ventilation in your room. We thought this would be a cool project because we're seeing a lot of teachers and students, they want to build something like for this, like this for their classroom or their workspace so they can tell when it's time to open up the windows because they need more ventilation, or when there's enough ventilation and maybe they can close the windows a little bit. So I'll try it out by breathing on it. And you'll see it goes up from 800 to pour over a thousand and uh, when it gets up a little bit higher it'll even warn you hey you really have to open the window now so it's a cool all-in-one co2 detector all right a lot of folks are familiar with colin's lab um this is all the back back when i worked with colin at mm -hmm. make and uh, when colin joined adafruit we started and restarted um colin's lab Pseudorandom. Pseudorandom, and then uh, the Circuit, Circuit Playground, Playground. Ser series. Yeah. Now, during the pandemic and more, um, it, obviously we decided, well, it, it, we're not going to film puppets and stuff together because it's like really... You get really close. We're just like, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Um, and so we, we paused that. But one of the things that we uh, had started and now restarted is, um, and also time change, um, and the formats change, TikTok is now here. So we also thought like, you know, the attention spans are short, and that being said, especially young people, they, they want to learn things on some of these platforms. So TikTok is like, it's a story place. You're telling, mm -hmm. you're, you're showing something you make. Or like on Instagram, it's like, here's something I have. Twitter, here's something I'm going to complain about or say. Yeah. And so what we decided to do is um, make these column lab shorts, these column lab notes, yeah. column lab snippets. And um, with these... I'm going to play, let's see, one, two, three of them. They're a minute three each. In three in a row. And you'll be able to uh, get an idea of a concept or how something works or what something is very fast. So here we go. Take it away. The tactile momentary switch. 
It's the button backbone of PCB user interfaces. Available in a variety of form factors, tactile switches are probably most recognizable as the ever-present reset switch on a microcontroller board. But you probably don't realize how many of your devices actually use them, as they're often hidden behind a front panel. Tactile switches are convenient, but wiring them up can be confusing because it's easy to forget which pins are connected which way. Was it th these two are connected to each other? This, this one. If you don't have a multimeter handy, just solder to posts at opposite corners. Those will always be disconnected until the switch is pressed. Easy. Nearly as important as solder type is solder thickness. If it's too thick, you'll have trouble with tight spots and small devices. If it's too thin, you'll have to keep feeding solder into the joint, heating the pads longer and possibly damaging the board or part. So which size is right for the job? Delicate surface mount components are best soldered with thinner gauge, generally around 0.02 or 0.015 inch. It's like the angel hair pasta of solder, except shiny and very toxic. For through hole soldering, 0.031 diameter will do the job well. Your soldering will go quickly and there's plenty of flux inside to give you good, clean solder joints. For large components, you can go up to 0.062 inch. But if you get thick solder, just make sure it's the electronics type and not plumbing solder. Through-hole resistors are so commonplace that you likely don't notice their unusual aesthetic. So why are they the only component that displays its value using painted stripes? In the early days of electronics, printing tiny numbers on little cylinders was a relatively costly process. To keep costs low, manufacturers established the resistor color code and used simple stripes instead of characters. Capacitors got a similar treatment, often using dots and resulting in a decidedly funky look. But only resistors still use the color code today. And that's because the system works so well. The stripes can be read quickly from pretty much any angle. And unlike a text label, they can't be hidden by installing the resistor flat on a PCB. And that is how the resistor got its stripes and kept them. Okay, and stay tuned for more of these. Uh, we have a bunch lined up. Lydia and Colin are working on them. And, uh, and send you requests. If there's something you yeah. want us to cover, uh, we do take be, be kind and uh, post you know, up in the comments of the Instagram or on YouTube. We also have the tag, hashtag Collins Lab Notes. Yeah, and then uh, we, will, we will take those and add them to the big uh, stew of ideas. And then yeah. when we fish out a vegetable or a chunk of meat, we will maybe fish out your idea. All right. Uh, help wanted, jobs at adafruit.com is something like I'm right along. And uh, there's really cool jobs that you can get, and there's skills that you can post, yours. Um, we moderate each one of these, and we make sure there's no scams or anything weird. This week's job that was just posted, Makerspace Manager in New York, New York. It's a full-time position. Mac check inspires. It out. Yeah, so check it out. Um, Jobs.eatafruit.com. All right, let's do some Python on hardware news. Okay. Blinka, blinka, blinka. 
Okay. All Let's right, before we dive into the newsletter, this is an item in the newsletter, Ooh. but I wanted to just read what the editor-in-chief of Tom's Hardware said. The Adafruit Feather RP2040 is the best RP2040 board you can get. That's the review. Uh, there's more. Offering 8 megabytes storage, strong battery support, 4 ADCs, and a huge ecosystem of add-on boards. Get it if you can find one in stock. Yeah, that's the only problem right now. I Believe me, if I can get these parts yeah, delivered to me, I will make them. I'm, I'm waiting on one or two more shipments. Yeah. If It's funny. If you don't have the part, you can't substitute another part. Like, if you don't have the USB-C connector, nothing else will fit. you got to have that connector. So and uh, Hopefully soon. Just, a, you know, another thing. We decided not to do back orders because everyone, especially in the electronics community in the chats are talking about this right now, there is um, some part delays, part storages. Imagine if you take someone's money and then indefinitely you're holding it for maybe these parts. So we do sign up. So sign up. We never do anything else with the email. You only get one email when it's back in stock and then you place an order and that's been working out. So that's what we do. That's right. So sign up for them, and uh, we're going to make them as fast as we can. Correct. So that's the that was the hardware portion of it, and I think, and this is I'm just going to say this, it's yes the hardware you did a good job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Additionally, yeah. it's not just the hardware; it's what? the it's the it's the Circuit Python. Oh, it's the community world. It's the code in the community. Yeah, this is Code Plus community, but the hardware is really good, and the. The thing that people can code with is it, it fits the hardware well. Yeah. So Feather, Open, does all these things. Huge ecosystem of hardware, CircuitPython, hundreds of libraries, get you going really fast, and you're doing the thing you want to do. Yeah. So anyways. I never understood why these cunning boards had circles on them. Like, what's, what's the goal? What, what are you doing? There's probably some type of thing that you do. What are you doing? Um, so okay. that is, um, so that's that. Okay. So the other thing, uh, we have our Python on Hardware newsletter. Yes, um, Piper Make. Yeah. A new Chrome browser-based, fully browser way of doing block-based programming. And guess what? Underneath, it's CircuitPython. You load CircuitPython, and then um, it basically turns the REPL into a block-based, like, blockly programming system. Um, there's even a library that they published, which we've just added to the bundle today. So you can even basically take your Piper code and then make it, like, permanent, you know, living yeah. on the... On the storage device so interesting um i think this is cool i mean with web serial now being a um standard um on it's it's by default on in chrome you don't have to enable it anymore um one of the things i always wanted to do is have a, a web REPL, and i'm like they did it like there you go that's circuit python yeah and the neat thing is if anyone says well adafruit are you going to make it like a block based circuit python these guys did here you go and uh, I don't have to. Yeah. And so this is really neat. And I think that, you know, if you like make code with Circuit Playground Express, try the Pico if you have one with make.playpiper.com. That's right. So anyways. Check it out. Yep. Okay. Uh, our Discord server hit 28,000 people. Right now we have about 4,704 people online. That's nice. Yeah. Um, Circup, we're doing a bundle managing um, and and library management. We're going to see some work being done with that. We've you know hit three hundred libraries, uh, so we want to um, now write plugins for IDEs to make it easier for you to manage your libraries. 
um, thankfully, we all thought about this years ago, and we, we <laughs> said, like, like, believe me, we had a lot of discussions about the libraries. If you look at how our libraries are done and distributed, it was designed to be automated and turned into a fully, um, a fully automated way of publishing libraries and getting them into IDEs and managing all the dependencies. Um, we learned a lot from how Arduino did it, and we just want to skip to what Arduino is doing now um, and not have all the pieces in between. So, you know, I know folks are, are, you know, you can always drag and drop the files of your libraries onto uh, the CircuitPy drive, but it would be cool if maybe uh, Thani or Moo or VS Code did that automatically. So that's, that's one of the things that we're starting to work on now. So keep your eyes peeled. And if you want to contribute, uh, if you want to help write a plugin for your favorite IDE, post up in the Discord or join us on GitHub, uh, post up an issue, and uh, we'd love to have you because there's a lot of IDEs and we're, we're going to do some big ones, but we might not do all of them. Yep. Uh, by the time the next newsletter comes out, there's a new update of Moo. Mm. Um, I think we either got in there or it'll be in the next one. It's a public beta. Yeah, we, I mean, we're stuff in there, but we have some improvements. Hopefully we'll get in uh, before the last beta. Yep. Deep Dive with Scott this Friday. Yeah, check it out. Lady Ada stops by sometimes. Flash too. memory. Talks about CircuitPython. Um, here is more of... The round display. Yeah. There, we're seeing more round displays. And um, one of the things that folks do with CircuitPython and also all forms of coding on the Pico is display things. So you can see yeah. here's... So round displays. Um, and yeah. it's cool because you can see the capabilities of, of CircuitPython, which is managing your... All these are objects, you know what I mean? So you don't have to redraw a second. You don't have to deal with, that with dirty rectangle tracking. It's all done for mm. you. Um, you've got some uh, Kibos. They're, these are running. Uh, these are from Yeah, lots of keyboard running. stuff. They run CircuitPython. Uh, this is a cool demo. Uh, somebody just showing, hey, look, all these CircuitPython, all these devices, uh, I2T devices and displays have CircuitPython libraries yeah. already. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, Gameduino, um, I love what they're doing. They are using the EVE chipset to add um, like true HDMI. I mean, like the, the circuit, the, the Pico is doing this cool hack, uh, but this is true um, HDMI output with full graphics support in CircuitPython. So you can like load sprites and play videos and like resize and, and perform. Uh, it's like a GPU basically for microcontrollers. Um, they have a shield and I think like a feather wing, and uh, yeah. we're going to hopefully sock it soon. All right. Um, uh, you can check out some Python more examples. vids. Yeah, um, Bill, he was on the show and tell and showed the RP2040 head mouse. Yeah. Um, so that's a standalone video you can also check out last week's show and tell. Um, cool, like just like connecting yeah. hardware to hardware, making synthesizers. Yeah, there's a lot of MIDI stuff going on because we have that for CircuitPython, so people are using the Pimeroni keyboard to then control MIDI stuff. Yeah, this uh, is a w, this is a Jepler's WWBB clock. Yeah. Uh, TG Techies working on doing GUI stuff with CircuitPython display. There's a lot of GUI That's stuff. That's all you need to watch to do. On off. So yeah. like, what do you what do you need more? Who needs to know the time? Yeah, you just need to know: Are you on? Or are you off? Are you on or off? All right, and so um, so CircuitPython projects. Yeah. Blinkas. So you can check out all of this stuff. And more. And more. Um, we also have a roundup. Dude, of, this is a huge newsletter. I'm ready. Yeah. We also have a roundup of some of the things we released um, and also the upcoming uh, events. Up to, I think, 305 libraries. Let me check. 305. Five. Yeah, 305 good, good. libraries. Yes. Um, and check out the events that are coming up. There's Open Hardware Summit. PyOhio is coming up. GeoPython, PyCon. EuroPython, PyOhio. Some of these are virtual. Some of these are going to be in person. Stay tuned to the newsletter for all the things in Python. And uh, that is this week's Python on Hardware.
Okay, Lady Ada. We are an open source hardware company. To prove it, we post our files. And we our post guides. our code. We post the guides. We post the videos. All 2,435 yes. guides. Um, so if you go to learn.afruit.com and you look at the new guides, you'll notice we also have updated guides. So some of these are not new. You'll be like, hey, wait a minute. The Metro Airlift, that's not a new product. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but we update guides. We want to tell people when they've been updated, especially if it's more than like typos. Um, so what we've done is all of our M4 airlift boards, we really revised all the instructions on using the airlift. Um, we now have a templating system in Learn. Uh, we use that to basically refactor um, our airlift tutorial pages, how to upgrade um, airlift boards, how to use them. And it should be much, much, much easier now. Instead of having one shared page, uh, each product has its own wiring and code. Um, so it's going to be a lot easier for us to maintain, a lot easier for people to use. Um, our, our learn system is a content management system and it's, it's not trivial. It's a pretty, you know, intense one. Um, but we're always looking to improve. We want to have a really good documentation. I think we're, I think we're like the leaders in good electronics documentation, um, making it powerful and, and maintainable. It, that's, that's the dual challenge, right? Yeah. Uh, because you have good, if you have a lot of documentation, it's not maintainable. Uh, things change. I mean, like Arduino's constant changing, Circuit Python's constant changing, Python is constant changing. You know, we have a lot of Python two projects. We got to go back and like revise them for Python three. So just letting you know why there's these airlift boards. Yeah, here's one request I have for the community. Yeah. So you know, a lot of hardware that's out there, um, just because goes back to I think just being good to each other. A lot of hardware that's out there, it might be like um, clones of ours or whatever. Um, and then sometimes there's uh, different versions of similar hardware that we have, and the other companies will just take our code and take our names off it. But sometimes they, they link to us. Here's my request: mm. is all when you buy hardware from Adafruit, or if you're shopping around and you buy, and, and you're not going to buy from somewhere else, but it's because of the documentation and code. Let the other companies know. Just say, hey, like I was going to buy this product, and yeah, yours is maybe cheaper, or maybe sometimes it's more. Usually, because we have. I think we do a good job with pricing. Yeah. Sometimes there's things that are more expensive that don't have any documentation versus something that is lower cost and higher quality and has all this code and all this stuff. Um, one of the things you could do and do do it politely is just say, hey, like when I shop for electronics, I like to buy from the places that publish the code under an open source license and then also have some type of documentation. I think that's like if everyone started asking that, everyone would do it and we would even get better at our documentation and our stuff because there'd be more there'd be, the expectations would continue to go high I think we do a really good job but I think we need more people doing it we need more companies doing it yeah see that a lot alright so speaking of documentation what else speaking you documentation, so the guys that are live this week that are new is Melissa did um, the 2.13 inch e-ink display breakout and feather wings so we've pulled out all of those e-inks and they've given them their own guide page you've seen a lot of those being revised uh, so that's part of it um, a lot of e-ink displays are discontinued we have to update the products, and so having the guide hopefully will try to make it as easy as possible to communicate uh, which code you have to use because physically they all are all the same size, um, but the driver chips inside them is different. This is unlike TFT. TFT drivers don't chips don't change that often. Um, we did upgrade the RGB LED matrix with Circuit Python guide uh, quite a bit. We added um, the Pico and the RP2040 support. So if you want to use RGB matrices um, with the RP2040 feather. Or the Pico, check out this guide. We have wiring diagrams. Jeff Epler also did a guide on the very first, your very first circuit sculpture. Um, this is a uh, way of, of making electronics by soldering very thin brass wires. Uh, so this is a very, you know, very basic early project. You make a capacitive touch heart. 
Uh, we also did some updates to the Adafruit I.O. guide. Again, I think we've just cleaned up a bunch of stuff. And the AMG 8833 guide uh, got updated because it's now a STEM QT sensor. All right. Four guides ahead. Let's do some factory footage. Here is a time lapse of us. You can see we're wearing masks. Staying distant. Staying distant. And Use this machines. is on top of the oven. And over there is and the And you can see the windows machines. are open. That's why it, yeah. they're, they're kind of uh, the blinds are... Yeah, our building was built uh, after the, the previous pandemic, so there's uh, windows and radiators uh, surrounding all the Okay, this is testing rooms. Halloween in fours. This is what it's like. Glowy skulls. Who doesn't love a glowy skull? Mm -hmm. so the pick and place running. Manufacturing something. What? These are the reels, so the cut tape, you know, uh, the, sorry, the, the tape and reel, as as the day goes on, the, the feeders and the cover start kind of uh, growing like hairs. Tray straps. This is how uh, you should package trays. Ask us how we learned that you shouldn't use rubber bands. Use, use straps. Uh, we've got some GPSs that fell off of the uh, cut tape we have, but um, they're like 10 bucks a piece, so we don't want to toss them, so we laser cut a little tray. Um, and we, uh, you know, put the 20 or 30 modules we had and we recycled them. Checking out these cool reverse mount LEDs. Now look at how they are in the tape. They're upside down. <laughs> yes, that took quite a bit of convincing to get. Uh, but what's cool is that these will be reverse mount LEDs. We're going to use these in some of our keycap breakouts. All right. And with factory footage, we have some photos. This one, if you look really close, you can see Freedom Tower there. Yeah. This is right this is down the street from, it, yeah. from us. Um, this is the Disney building across the street. Never stopping. No. And uh, this time they're moving around some gravel. Yeah. Okay. And it wouldn't be... Looks like they have some concrete down. Yeah. It wouldn't be an Adafruit factory footage segment without a sunrise or a sunset. Okay, 3D printing. No, Pedro. Printing up Storm. Plus Liz this week. Yeah, we've got two videos. Um, we're going to do the Pico MIDI project, and then we're going to do a speed up of your uh, GitHub repo. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Which is scary. This is you, scary. You're, you're all, it's all green yeah, pastures. Yeah, you can kind of tell it's like the weekends don't really. You know, there's some people you can see there's this beautiful green <laughs> stripe, and it's like Saturdays and Sundays. They obviously. Yeah. For me, Saturdays and Sundays are actually a little bit greener. But, I, uh, I was doing so much stuff in GitHub. I don't do a thing where I'm like every day. I don't care about the every day, but there's yeah. there's many there's many greens, greeny dots. You could exact you could tell the exact day uh, I had to stop all the things I like doing. Yeah. <laughs> and work on all the things that had to get done. Um, last year, right when the pandemic started, that's when. I stopped being able to do a lot of stuff I was doing in GitHub from our newsletters to, to more. I was really yeah. active there. Um, but anyways, so we'll show that speed up too. So uh, now Patreon, take it away. Okay. See you on the other side. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're making a MIDI controller with arcade buttons. This uses the Raspberry Pi Pico to make a USB MIDI controller that features 16 LED arcade buttons. The Raspberry Pi Pico is a low-cost microcontroller with a powerful new chip, the RP2040. It features tons of GPIO and it has CircuitPython support. 
The AW9523 is an I2C GPIO expander and an LED driver that features 16 I.O. pens. This lets us drive all of the LEDs so we won't run out of pens on the Raspberry Pi Pico. As a native USB MIDI device, it can work with both hardware and software that have MIDI support. The electronics are housed in a 3D printed case and it features a handle that doubles as a kickstand. We designed the case in three parts that snap fit together so it's easy to pop it open and close it up. We think it looks a bit like a lunchbox. What makes this different from other MIDI controllers is the ability to change and save MIDI notes directly on the device. It features an OLED display and a joystick so you can quickly remap MIDI notes, which is great if you're crafting your own setup. The buttons are shown as circles with numbers that represent the MIDI notes. You can use the joystick to select a button. It works just like a D-pad from a game controller. You can press the center of the joystick and select the button to edit the MIDI note. In edit mode, the button will blink letting you know that it's been activated. You can then change and update the note to go higher or lower using the joystick. While in edit mode, you can also press the buttons to compare the MIDI notes. The handle is 3D printed as a single part and it features two built-in hinges. It's a print-in-place part that doesn't need any support material. The hinges are able to freely rotate and it features mounting holes for attaching to the case. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. Let us know in the comments if you'd like to see this available as a kit. The parts can be 3D printed without any support material using PLA filament. We designed the case in Fusion 360 and used 3D models of the electronics and components. It's a parametric design that features user parameters so it's easy to make adjustments. We've open sourced the design so folks can modify, remix, and customize it. The code for this project was written by Liz Clark. You can check out her projects on her YouTube channel, Blitz City DIY. This uses the MIDI library for CircuitPython and it features lots of comments so it's great for folks who are just getting started with programming. The code walkthrough by Liz is very well documented and it breaks down all the features so you can learn how to customize it. We hope this inspires more folks to get into programming electronics with CircuitPython. Be sure to check out our learn guide for a full step-by-step -step tutorial on building the project. The learn guide has the code, wiring diagrams, and CAD files so you can follow along and make your own. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit.
Tune in every Wednesday for 3D Hangouts with Noah and Pedro. Hi. Hello. It's time. It's time. DigiKey and Adafruit present. Hi, on MPI. This week's Iron MPI is from Analog Devices. Ahead of what's possible, Lady Ada, what is the Iron MPI for this week? Brought to you by Adafruit DigiKey. Okay, yes. This week's IMPI is um, the AD5413. Uh, this is a SPI DAC chip. And when I check this out, like I normally don't use these kinds of chips, but I can immediately tell what a great design this chip was. And so the people who are watching who do industrial automation um, or anything, you know, uh, with uh, architecture or building management or PLCs or, you know, mechatronics, all that stuff, if you need a DAC, this chip is a really, really nice DAC. Um, you know, I've used SPI DACs for basic audio projects, and so when I saw the capabilities of this uh, digital-to-analog converter, I was, like, really impressed with the care uh, that I could tell uh, ADI put into this. Um, so it is, you know, a DAC chip. Uh, you set it onto your PCB. Um, it's, uh, you know, got one output. It's a single output. The output can be either current or voltage. Um, you clock in data to set that voltage or current. Uh, simple, right? But there's a lot uh, more going on. So the first thing that I noticed about it that was really neat, um, you can read all the specs about it, is it's got a very uh, wide voltage range for the output. So the, you know, the power of the chip, I think, is like you know, 4 or 5 volts or so. But the output voltage, right, you know, usually that swings between zero and VDD, whether it's 3.3 or 5 volts. But in this case, um, it goes to between plus or minus 10 or 12 volts. So, you know, you basically can give it a split supply input and it will give you um, a full sweep range output. So you can actually even see, um, you know, the op amp there and the, the current buffer as well. It's a 14-bit DAC, so it's, it's pretty good quality DAC. You get um, plenty of bits. It's not like an 8-bit or even a 12-bit, which is what I've used. Um, but 14-bit, which is really nice. It's got an R2R ladder inside, which you, you know, don't see here. Um, and then it will automatically do all the, um, the op amp, you know, gain management and, and offset tweaking that you can do. You can even set um, offsets inside memory if you need to, 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 to calibrate the output. And, um, you know, beyond just the fact that you can set the output voltage between negative 10 and plus 10 or negative 12 and plus 12, if it's, you know, you go over, there's a little bit of over voltage setting. Um, it's got a lot of like extra details and built-ins that kind of fill it out and basically make this, in my opinion, if you've got something that you need to have an analog output to, um, you don't really need any other chips. Like everything is super integrated. So this is perfect for people who are like, hey, I'm a hardware or a firmware developer and I don't want to like learn analog. I just want to get this voltage output to, to bias something or control something um, or you know to, to interface with some analog input 
circuitry or, or current input circuitry. And I, I just don't want to deal with all the messy stuff in between. And with this, you don't have to. It's like you're pretty much like maybe you need a resistor capacitor too. It's pretty much ready to go as is. Um, so the input is 32-bit uh, SPI data. Um, you know, unlike most decks where you have just like, you basically just write the data to the R2R ladder and that's it. Um, this has kind of a structured input. So the first bit is just like a start bit basically uh, to let it know like, hey, yeah, you don't know, start listening. Um, the two bits, uh, D30 and D29, the address, this I thought was interesting. So kind of like I squared C, you can have four of these devices on one SPI bus with the same chip select line um, and each one of them um, can be addressed separately. So you can set the, the SPI address. I haven't really seen this being used with SPI. I've seen this more with I squared C, but it's the same idea, right? You can have four of them on the same bus. You know, not sure exactly, you know, why you'd want that versus having multiple S, uh, CS lines. Of course, you can always have multiple CS lines as well. Then there's the register address. Uh, that's five bits. Um, and there's a register, so you can actually send it multiple commands and, and read data from the device as well. And then you've got the 16 bits of data. The bottom two bits aren't used because it's a 14-bit DAC. And then there's a CRC, which is really nice. You know, you don't have to worry about like, what if I'm in a high noise situation, or um, you know, maybe my uh, signal lines, you know, are, are flaky or connector gets connected, disconnected. Um, you know, the data comes in corrupted, and there's some chance of accidentally setting setting the DAC to the wrong value, which could like mess up your robot or mess up your PLC. In this case, you have a CRC, so you have this extra level of uh, QA redundancy on, on every command that you send. Um, and I think that that was, again, it's a nice little add-on, right? Because I don't see that often on SPI devices and definitely not on writing. I usually see that on reading, like when you read data from a sensor, but I rarely see it on writing commands. So a nice little extra there. Um, and these are all the registers. They have stuff like a chip ID, which I thought was nice, and uh, you know device ID. Um, you can read all of these. There's not a lot of them, mostly configurations, and then you can see the, the DAC output register itself. Um, but basically, you can treat these sort of like I squared C SM bus registers um, and you know, read through the data sheet. And they have, um, you know, some registers are, you know, they're shadowed and you can write to them and read to them in one command. Uh, the data sheet has all this in, in great detail, um, so I'll, I'll leave it to them for how to interface. Um, so. This is, uh, what's interesting is, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty well specced. It can drive up to um, a one kilo ohm load in parallel with two microfarads. So like you can really abuse this. And another thing I thought was really neat is um, you can compensate it so you don't have to worry about um, having overshoots. Uh, you can also do slew limiting on the output. So again, you know, if you have very long transmission lines, um, you don't have to worry about like, can, can I drive this capacitive load without worrying about um, having overshoots or ringing? It, it's something that's built into this chip that can manage it for you. So again, if you're not a hardware analog person, a lot of the stuff that normally you'd have to you know, deal with in the field, have like trimmer pots and like maybe adjust values depending on like the cabling and um, enclosure, it, it's all done in firmware for you. So it save you a lot of time and money. Um, and field rework. Um, there's also a ton of fault outputs on the right is the fault table. Um, you can see all the different things that it will warn you uh, went wrong. You know, unlike very simple DACs that cost a dollar where, you know, you write data and it doesn't tell you anything. It's like, you know, the data's out, you know, output, good luck. You know, you'll have to do any feedback management or error management. It, it all, it does all of it for you um, and can give you warnings. 
Um, the fault management covers like pretty much everything, including I thought was nifty is there's a, a built-in temperature monitor as well. It's not like a temperature sensor, but you can tell it like, hey, you know, if the temperature of the die goes above this, set the fault. So, you, you know, it, it can self-monitor its own temperature. Again, like little details like this um, that I'm like, wow, yeah, if I'm doing something in robotics or automation or, you know, something industrial that's outdoors or in a car or in a, you know, train, safety is very important, reliability is very important. I need to know when something has gone wrong. Um, think of all the things that you'd have to keep track of that can go wrong that you would require extra external circuitry, temperature sensors, um, or, you know, uh, feedback op amps or like compensation loops or, you know, whatever. You don't have to do it. Again, it's all built in. Um, they're also just kind of neat. They have an internal oscillator diagnostics. So the internal, you know, processor inside has uh, a uh, one megahertz clock rate, um, and uh, it will automatically like update a counter inside. And you can read that counter, and it will that will let you know if you know due to temperature or um, maybe physical stress, uh, the the oscillator is out of sync. So I thought that was like kind of neat. Also, you can send like this cool 07 dead code. So. Interesting. Um, another nice thing I, I noticed is uh, if you want to do like a software reset, you don't just like write a random value to register because of course you could accidentally set it. You have to be very specific. There's like multiple commands you have to send in specific order uh, in order to do a software reset. So if you're writing the firmware, it's really easy, but you don't have to worry about, you know, your code jumping to the wrong location, data accidentally getting corrupted, a loose connector, accidentally sending uh, it, a soft reset in the whole system, you know, flies back to the original location, uh, possibly damaging itself if it's connected to like some gigantic servo motor. And uh, finally, there's an eval board. Um, I picked one up, but it pretty much looks like this. There's like this connector on the side, it looks like there's a, a development kit that it can plug into, but it breaks out all the, the pads and connectors and then uh, the power supplies go onto the top. Uh, so I think, yeah, you know, if, if, I think this chip is great if you're an electrical engineer you do not want to mess with analog. You don't want to have the risk of getting have something going wrong with the analog section. And you want to sort of depend on the people who know what they're doing, analog devices. It's pretty clear that they've seen every possible failure and added a fault mode or like a, a feedback register um, or, or some self-monitoring hardware. Um, I, you know, everything that I saw was like, oh yeah, that could happen, that could happen. But if you're an engineer, you may not think of all these things that could happen to your hardware. If you go to the data sheet and just do everything they could recommend, uh, you're going to be way ahead when it comes to reliability testing of your hardware. So, like at some point, an FAQ can eventually become silicon. Yes. No, pretty much. <laughs> like every time they had a customer say like, yeah. your thing broke. And they're like, well, what happened? Oh, it turns out the die, well, some, the oscillator yeah. got, you know, so the chip got hit. Uh, you know, it got vibrated and the oscillator got out of sync and, you know, now it's not working quite right. Um, that would have been caught by, you know, the oscillator monitor. I mean, they've never seen an oscillator monitor before, but it must be there for a reason. So, like, if you use this chip, add that test, right? Every every watchdog cycle, check the die temperature, check the, you know, the, the oscillator monitor, check the feedback monitor. All these things that they have, put that in. I also like that every time you read data from a register, the fault bit is the top bit. Like you, they force you to look at it. They're like, look at these errors. Look at this thing that could have gone wrong, right? That you can't escape it. It must be fun to make something that lights it all up. Like it, everything just yeah. failed. And no, it's like, it tells you when something's yeah. gone wrong. So, you know, high reliability electronics, I love seeing it. 
Um, you know, I deal with a lot of my electronics are, are to be honest, they're not high reliability. They're not designed for it. Uh, they're kind of meant for uh, consumer electronics. So taking a, a dive, taking a look at this kind of um, electronics, and you're not paying military prices. It's still consumer prices, um, but you get uh, good industry reliability in this chip. All right, it's available on DigiKey. Go to DigiKey site. Short URL is digikey.com forward slash short. First slash P-B-Q-Z-C-H-N-R, or you can just search for AD5413BCPZ. That's right. Or AD5413. And that is this week's INMPI. Okay, let's uh, jump right into new products. Okay. Since we're right at 9 o'clock. We're running Ooh, a little late this We gotta week. go. Okay. Go, go. <laughs> 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 Here we go. Okay, first up, we have this super skinny thermistor. We've actually stocked thermistors for quite a bit. Uh, this is a 10K NTC thermistor. It's just like really skinny uh, and really small. So it's perfect for if you have to like measure the temperature something where you can't fit a DS18B20, you can't fit an MCP9808, whatever. This thing is so slim. Maybe I'll show on the overhead how slim it is. Yeah, do it. Okay, so this is the overhead. And this is so skinny. I mean, it's like, I think I in the specs, I think it's like a half a millimeter or something. Um, very, very slim. I mean, there's a little bit of a bump where the sensor is, but it's very slim. Uh, so if you measure this with a multimeter, it's going to be 10 kilo-ohms at room temperature. And then as it gets warmer, I think the resistance goes down, it goes up. I can never remember. Um, you know, check uh, our tutorial we have on uh, thermistors. We have a tutorial on, on using these kinds of thermistors. You'll want a 1K, uh, sorry, a 10K 1% resistor to go with it as a resistor divider. Um, and then you measure the resistance. Uh, so you measure the voltage made by the divider. Uh, the voltage goes up and down um, based on the temperature. And then we have some Arduino code that you can use to convert that back into temperature. Okay, next up. Okay. Next up, we've got this really cool uh, Lincoln Bins case. And and here's, you know, there's like, we have so many Raspberry Pi 4 cases. You're like, what is great about this? Uh, the great thing about this case is it brings all the ports out to one side. So, so you'll see, if you look at this, you're like, oh, yeah, there's like the Raspberry Pi Ethernet and USB ports. I'm like, wait a minute. The power and HDMI are right next to it. How is it doing that? I'm glad you asked. So um, what they do is they include this little, like, adapter thingy. Um, the green board at the top, and when you plug that into your Pi 4, it turns it into all the ports in a row. So I thought I'd show this on the overhead. It's a good idea. Yeah, this is kind of, this was like the killer. Wait, you zoomed in so much. Wait, you didn't zoom in so much. Okay. So this is the adapter. This is my Pi 4, right? So it's under this metal case, which is, this metal thing is, is like a little protector thingy. Uh, so when you slide it in. Um, and you can see here, um, these are the HDMI and USB, and then there's zip, zip right over here, so that it all comes out one end, and then this slides in nicely into uh, the enclosure. The enclosure is metal, the ends are plastic. Why? So that the Wi-Fi can get out. So this is this is a cool Pi 4 case. Okay. I just love that all the ports are on one side. That's gonna be very useful for somebody. Maybe me. Yeah, all right, next up. Um, okay, we've got more compute modules are slowly trickling in. This is the compute module 4 for the Raspberry Pi. Um, this one has 16 gigabytes of onboard MMC flash, so you don't need an SD card with it, so you can save, you know, 10 bucks, don't need an SD card. Has 2 megabytes of RAM, and it has Wi-Fi, and it plugs in nicely into the... Whoa, there's too much stuff on here. The compute 
uh, board. So this is the Compute I.O. board sold separately, as they say in advertisements. Um, it gives you the HDMI ports, the Ethernet, the USB, SD card, PCIe, GPIO, multiple camera, and um, display ports and like power supply and all that good stuff. So it's a good development environment. And this is the module itself, which I'm going to delicately remove. It's got the Hiroshi connectors on the bottom. They plug into here. Um, here's the Wi-Fi port. Here's the Wi-Fi chipset underneath. Power supply is over here, kind of like a cool little like domino look. Um, this is the, the RAM is on top. This is the flash memory, and this is the uh, power monitor. Is it Ethernet? What is this? Uh, what is it? The BCM? I don't remember what that chip is. I thought it was Ethernet. Maybe it's a power monitor or it's a controller or something. Um, but yeah, this is the um, full Raspberry Pi compute module. So um, the ones we had already did not have Wi-Fi. What's nice is that there's a built-in antenna. We also sell the antenna kit. Uh, you plug in the UFL and you get the pre-certified antenna. So that will speed up your um, certification process. And then you know, start development on the compute module I.O. board has everything. And then when you're ready to go into manufacture, you just, you know, design your board, take away all the things you don't need, keep the things you do need. All right. Next up. Okay, finally we have in stock um, the High Five Inventor Kit. Yay! So if you are interested in uh, Risk Five chips, you want this uh, happy hand that's Doctor Who themed. It has multiple RGB LEDs on the front. Uh, it comes with um, connectors and this case and a speaker, uh, USB battery and everything. Um, there's an online uh, teaching system. So we've actually previewed this and, and if you see our other video, uh, you know, for this product, you can um, yeah, see it live, but uh, we finally have them in stock. Um, there's an online system for programming it. I believe there's also maybe MicroPython available for it. Um, and also if you want to do low level development, there's STSDK. So, uh, you know, you like high five, risk five chips, you want a development board that has everything built in, can be used by kids and adults, here you go. Okay, and last up to start of the show tonight, besides you, lady, the, our community, our team, our customers is? Um, the Raspberry Pi Pico Pin reference. Yay, we ordered this. Uh, they finally came in. Um, so we're going to uh, probably pack these in with some of our Raspberry Pi Picos when we get more, which we don't know when that is. Um, but uh, when we do have them, we'll probably, you know, maybe we'll include them in, in some orders. Um, this has a quick start guide on the back, how to get started with CircuitPython, including some CircuitPython codes. So you're like, how do I blink the onboard LED and print to the serial monitor? Um, it, you know, a quick start guide on the back uh, for CircuitPython. And on the front, it is a uh, life-sized oh uh, life pinout diagram. Uh, so the, yeah. the, the Pico has the Raspberry Pi aesthetic, which means it does not have GPIOs uh, labeled. So I have one of these cards on my desk and I use it every day. It has, um, you know, all the GPIOs and the peripherals. Like, is it an I squared C pin or, or uh, you know, can you mux it with the UART and which PWM output, uh, which ones are the power pins and what power output. So this has everything on it. Um, you know, it's it's life size, so I can even show on the overhead. It's, you know, you put the, the Pico on top and, oh, oh let me uh, focus. There you go. And you can zoom in. Uh, so this is the Pico, goes on top of here. Uh, and then you can see all the labels. So GPIO labels and uh, all the capabilities, SPI, I2C, et cetera. Yeah. And then um, got some notes here about what the power supplies do and then a color code as well. And that's my favorite new product. 
All right. Okay. Bing. That's new products. Okay, so now let's um, let's do some questions. I have some lined up, but we're gonna do top secret. Okay. Oh yeah, I gotta get my top secret out. Yeah. All right, this week's top secret. Put on the overhead. Okay, I've been working on um, keycap breakouts. So I'm doing like mechanical keyboard type stuff. So this is a little breakout board for, this is a, a kale box switch. So a little mechanical keyboard switch and they used uh, sockets. Um, I got the LED backwards, there's a little bit of wiring here. Um, but it's going to have an LED that sticks out and can like underlight um, the the keycap. And uh, it's got a socket. So um, other than the fact that I hot glued this in, you can remove it and swap out whatever key you'd like. And then I have a little demo. So, yeah. So I have this little like cute, adorable uh, kitten paw keypad. And it's got um, silicone nubbins, like little toe beans. Um, and what's cool is that, of course, the um, LED, the NeoPixel underneath, which is controllable, uh, shines through the toe beans quite well. So you can get, let's see, glowy beans. There you go. This is what everybody wants. This is what I want. I just want, like, glowy toe beans. All right. All right, so that's the top secret for tonight. That's top secret? That's top secret. That's top secret. Okay. I'm gonna Back in the vault. I'm going to read off these questions. Uh... We do this over on Discord, adafruit.t slash Discord. Join us on 20,000. All right, I'm going to start reading these off. Let me get the latest one. Okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, we'll speed run Oh, my these. God, there's so many questions. Oh, for the uh, the bundle manager mm -hmm. or the library manager, uh, could we support the CircuitPython community bundle? Yeah, it'll support both. Okay. Uh, any chance that the package manager can optimize the order of import for lowest memory usage? It might not be possible. It would be nice. I guess sort by... You can't because it's just installing it. It's not writing your code for you. But we could add a thing that tells you how big the MPY file is, and then you could yeah. use that. It's not exactly the same, but it could give you a hint. All right. Um, someone's asking about the I2C scanner tool. Yeah, that's not out yet. It's called Stemmapal. Yeah, I, got a, I took a break from that. I'll get back to yep. it, though. Don't worry. There's, there's other good stuff coming. Uh, folks like to see the Collins Lab notes. Uh, different types of PCB Okay. as a request. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, has a Raspberry Pi Foundation. So anything when they expect more RP2040s? I have with... zero idea. I, I don't know anything you don't know. That's right. Um, what can I used to have a logo I created light up on a bracelet activated while the, when the bracelet's put on? Um, check out the circuit sculpture project that Jepler just posted because you could probably make the bracelet out of wire and use that as the capacitive touch and when you wear it, um, you know, the NeoPixel school, that's pretty much the project he did. He made a pendant, but you would just make it into a bracelet. Okay. Uh, someone wants to use a 64 by 32 RGB panel. They want to use it on a school bus displaying route numbers. They want to get the GPS and automatically switch the numbers from the location of the bus. Any help? Yeah, yeah that's, that's a, a lot cool of project. math. I mean, you can do it. I think um, I think you're just going to have to do, you know, you're probably going to wire it up to the GPS and then, you know, use that to take data. You know, on, while the bus is on the route, you'll have to take the data of what the route is and then save that to a, a, a file. And then what you'll do is, you know, it can when it's running it then says like am i within like you know 20 meters of one of these points and if so yeah you can do it circuit python 
You can do it. It's just yeah. you, have you have to, to collect all the data and then compare. Yeah, it to you're it. making a data log or saving it to file and reading, reading it, and you have predetermined places where you know, like you know, geofencing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up. Um, question for show later, if I remember correctly. Adafruit contributed to the amplitude shift keying Radiohead Arduino library. Two part question: Do you plan on reusing the code for Raspberry Pi Pico? And the other part of the question is, how hard is it to get a working Arduino library like the RH underscore S to the Raspberry Pi Pico? Yeah, I didn't write Radiohead. I didn't actually add anything to that library. I just made it compile and I put it on GitHub. Uh, you need to talk to the Radiohead library writer if you want to add Pi Pico support because that's okay. totally beyond my capabilities Would and time. Would the DAX that we show work to replace digital pots in a virtual joystick? You could, if, especially if you wanted to, you know, you, there's more code. You'd have to write the code for it. Um, it's not easy. Um, but if you did, you'd have a very reliable uh, DAC system. Okay. Several weeks ago, you pointed someone to a MCP 23008 port expander. Thank you again. How do we remember? How do you remember all the chip names? Any tips? <laughs> you just you just use them a lot. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um, next up, will there be a card for, like, the Feather? A printable card? I, I don't know that I'll need a card. I'll tell you why. Because the the pipe, the feather has the pins labeled on it. So you don't really need a card because okay. you can just look at it. The Pico doesn't have the pins labeled. So you kind of need a card. Um, you know, and the, if, if, you know, people really need a card, I, I I feel like a lot of times these cards just get tossed out. So I, you know, I, unless I think they're really needed, um, we don't make them. Uh, instead, we just have really good documentation online. But again, the, the pins are labeled online. Okay, uh, any other upcoming boards with RP2040? We have Ditsy Bitsy, Cutie Pie, yep. That's, also, that's all I got so far Yeah. in also, the design queue. Uh, they also want to know, would there be an ESP32 Cutie Pie? Yeah, there's an ESP32 S2 Cutie Pie. Right. Okay, what's the best way to clean a solder stencil that contains very small holes? Mm, you know, you compressed air and soaking it with uh, isopropyl alcohol. Okay, um, I'll answer a couple of these. Uh yeah, items are out of stock. Uh, are they going to be in stock soon? Yeah, well, obviously we'd Believe love Believe me, I would love to. Yeah. I, I can't. I, I just got a quote today for one of our gyro chips that I normally buy for like $1.50, and the broker came back with 23 bucks. Like, I can't buy a chip for $23. Like, it's just it's not available yeah. till December. So, like, that gyro, we're just not going to have in stock until I can get them. Yep. All right. Um, and then I guess a general question because um, it'll apply to either MicroPython or CircuitPython. Um, can you protect your code with, like, a encryption or something? Or No, the, the code itself you can't really protect. Um, I mean, you could do a lot of effort and maybe add encryption layer, but it's kind of not worth it. Uh, you know, you, there's with, with C code, you, there are some chip protections, you know, if you're writing a, a hex file, but part of the, the trade-off of having an a interpreted language is the interpreted language has to be in text. So yeah. you kind of can't have both. Um, that said, you know, if you have a, a Raspberry Pi computer, you can't protect the code on that either, really. You know, the code, the code's running on it, and it's a disk drive. You can just pop the SD card into a computer. So figure out other ways to protect your yeah. code or intellectual property. All right. Next up, uh, do we sell shirts now? We don't do shirts. I think we had a couple of shirts. We yeah, some stuff. Sometimes. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Um, Bill sent Katni um, the feather diagram, the feather pinout for the RP2040. Oh, right. yeah, so we yeah. have that. Use that. All right. And then do you guys have a breakout board to put NeoPixel addressable RGPs? No. On. You're on you your own. Okay, I just thought this. they were cool. Okay. 
All right, and I think with that we got through. Uh, is buying from Malzor Digikey still encourage you guys to say for donors? Yeah, it, it's good. Uh, you know, please support our distributors. Um, we always appreciate folks who buy direct as well. If we have it, in doesn't stock. matter. It doesn't good. matter because but all of the large electronic suppliers they buy lots of our stuff and um, we'd like to do partnerships with them. And then when they see demand there, um, they order more stuff, more of their customers. I heard from some of the larger companies that it was something like one out of five orders had Adafruit stuff in it. It was like a really big number. Yeah, and that yeah. was good to see in here. All right, okay. thank you, everybody. That's our show for this week. Um, we'll do more questions things. next week. Yeah, we, well, we got to all of them. Um, we just finished them. Let me make sure. Yeah, we got to them. Okay, great. Special thanks to Takara, who's behind the scenes in Slack. Special thanks, thanks to all of our Adafruit team members, all of our Adafruit customers. Don't forget, we're shipping stuff smart and safe. Please place an order on Adafruit.com, support open source hardware and more and we'll see everybody next week here is your moment of zener